I am Angel Probsky, and this is Helping Them Helps Me. And I'm just wanting to start off by saying I'm glad you're here. I'm not going to be teaching to you. Please feel free to interrupt, ask questions. We're definitely going to have about 10 to 15 minutes at the end to dialogue. And I want to be able to answer any questions, if I may, um, and if I'm able to, at the end that you could have. Because I can stand up here and give you a bunch of information. But really, I want to dig into the heart of where you're at and try to help meet any needs that you might have in your local church, which I'm certain with all of the different churches represented here that we all have very different needs and very different <laughs> ways in which we're um, running our ministries. So I want to be sensitive to that. So as I said, I'm Angel Probsky. I am the co-pastor of Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth, Ohio. It's my husband over there in the corner, Lance. Hey, hey, babe. Right. <laughs> We put him in the corner when he doesn't behave, and I am also the girls' ministry director here in the state of Ohio, so I'm happy to be here and share a little bit of my heart. I have three beautiful girls. My oldest is 14, and my younger two, I've got one that will be 13 next month, and my baby is going to be double digits 10 next month, so I am like... At a new stage in life where my kids are older and I thought that things would get easier, but man, we just run around more and we're busier and it's a whole nother level of crazy, but it's fun. And so I'm happy to be here with you. I want to start off by talking about team mentality. So when we talk about helping them helps me, we cannot help each other unless we realize that in our local churches, we are a team and there isn't girls' ministry and rangers and youth and kids and, you know, at our church would be kids' own junior or preschool levels, whatever you call them. Really, we are all one team. And the goal and the vision has to be the same for us to be effective in anything that we do. Otherwise, we are just bumping heads all the time and trying to accomplish what we accomplish. And so I would say before anything else, when we're talking about team and working together, it is impossible to do that unless you know the heart and the vision of your lead pastor. And so if you are uncertain of what that is, that would be the first note I would take, set up a meeting with fill in the blank. Because at the end of the day, with ministry, we are all like on a cruise ship and we're going somewhere and we're all together, or we are a cruise ship with 30 different tugboats representing our ministries pulling that cruise ship apart. And so it's important that we don't fall into the sea because we're going this direction and that direction and have our own sense of vision. But, hey, we are all together and we've got our little lifeboats on there and our compartments and the rooms we go to for this amount of fun. But we are a cruise ship and this is our destination and this is where we're going together. So um, if you are not sure what that is, please connect with your lead pastor. And then also the second thing from that is connect with the other department head leaders. Definitely make a point of connecting with your department head leaders. And this is something I want to spend a little bit talking on. If twice a year for two hours, so four hours out of an entire year, you connected with the other leaders in your local church and talked about what they were doing, where their heart is, and some ideas that they had, it would save you days worth of work. Not just hours, but combined. Probably weeks worth of work. And why Why would that save you time? Because I'm going to give you an, an illustration. If I am a friends or girls only teacher with the girls ministry department and I am also the youth pastor or I have a youth pastor in my church and we are 
serving the same girls, right? We are, our goal, when we go back to what is our goal, what is our purpose, my goal is to reach teen girls, I want to disciple them, and I want to mentor them. Okay, cool, because I have the same goal. Why are we doubling our work, right? Why, why would we double our work? Who gets to do that? Why don't we both get to do that? And so simple things, like here are some units. If I am a girls-only teacher in 9th through 12th grade, here are you know, the units that I'd like to get through this year. What fits in with what you're going to be teaching about on Wednesday nights? Are there areas that you see our teen girls struggling with? Oh, they bicker a lot at events, and they're clicky in the youth room. We have a unit on friendship. Let's make sure to get that in in these next couple months. Do you see what I'm saying? Just conversations of we're really struggling with this, or we've got some new kids, and there's a lot of drop-off girls, and their parents are struggling with addiction, and you can tell that they're kind of rough around the edges, and they might be dibbling and dabbling. So we've got a whole unit on addiction. And so why don't, while you're covering on Wednesday night and touching on some of these items, I've got some speakers that I know of, and here's some curriculum. Do you know that your curriculum doesn't just need to be shared in a club room, whether you're a ranger, whether you are a girls' ministry director, however that happens? In my former church, I used to have hangout sessions at my house on my couch with my friends and girls-only class. And they didn't have to come with their journal done, and if they did, that was fine. It was, this is on you, and if you want to go ahead and do the awards-based system, great. But we sat around on our couch, and we talked. Let's talk about friendship. And I knew, because I had read through that script before, the points it wanted me to make, and I put some bullet points, and target questions going in that direction. And here are some scriptures about that. And it became natural. And so from that I learned, fast forward into where we're at now, I came in as the youth pastor, but we have an excellent girls ministry director at our church. And so she was doing Wednesday nights at the time. That was when youth was. And my husband and I are like, we will not compete. We Again, we are not tugboats. We are not going to label a girl and say, well, you have to choose. Excuse me. Come on in. We didn't want kids having to choose. What's more important to you? Is, is rangers more important? Is girls' ministry more important? Is youth ministry more important? And I, if you've been with me at any event that I have had the opportunity to speak on this, the last thing that we ever want to do to our kids is put a label on them and make them choose which ministry they like better. Um, they don't want to hurt your feelings. They don't want to hurt the other leaders' feelings. They get labeled every single day at school. Are you this? Are you that? What activity do you say? Oh, oh, you're a jock. Oh, you're a, oh, you're a, oh, you're a. The last thing in the church that we need to do is make these kids choose which ministry they're going to be in and put a label on them and say, oh, well, you're theirs. So you're like them or you want to do what they do. And so it's important, again, when you're working as a team, simple things like, do you know that girls and rangers can be combined and learning the same thing at the same time. Are you guys aware of that? So if you are in that world of things, if you go to the National Girls Ministry website under the Resources tab, they have an entire outline of how you can be teaching the exact same things at the exact same times and still achieve. And so you can actually start together in a room and then separate 
So, okay, we don't have enough teachers. We're really running, running low on this. Okay, well, we could start, we could have a group discussion on fill in the blank and then separate and then go into a boy's room and a girl's room and have it be broader because there are options, my friends. It's fantastic. It's so good. Simple things when we're talking about um, meeting together with our team just a couple hours out of the year. What events do we have going on? What's coming up? And who are you utilizing to take to that event? Because if you guys have this, so the kids are going here this weekend, and then the teenagers are going here this weekend, and you're using the exact same leaders back to back, and they're exhausted, and they're tired. And I'll use this as an example, and it was my event, so I can pick on it. So you have Teen Girl Conference, and the very next weekend, you have Winter Blast. That's a lot on a church. And a lot of times, you have an overlap in leader. And so here are two events that... Those sixth graders are targeted in both categories, right? And so what does that do? What does that do for the leader? Who are you using, and how can we plan this together? What can we do? Simple things, again, thinking ahead, if we're looking at events and we're looking at leaders and what's coming up, simple things like, um, how many of you were at the Teen Girl Conference? Was anybody there? A couple of you? Great. All right, so there was a human video, night one, from Radiant Life Church. They did Fight Song. They actually did that as a project for their girls. That was their youth group. They did a project at, an, at a district event that they got credit for in their girls-only club because it was something that they needed to do. Well, months ago, they thought, we're going there. We were asked to do this, so we're going to line up this, this session where they'll get this badge for doing this at that time. Do you see what I'm saying? So just planning ahead and working together, but they needed to work with their youth pastor they needed to work with their friends and girls only leader, and they needed to work with Rachel, who is the director of the event, to plan it. Did it take a long, a long time? No. It was literally an email that was CC'd, and it was done and easy, and it just worked so well together. And so I just want to encourage you to do that, and I totally lost my stuff. Are you recording? Hi, I just lost my place. Okay, um, <laughs> we're just going to have fun with this. I told you that. Remember that the goal is never competition. It is never competition. It's not how many people were in my class versus how many people were. The goal is growth in these kids. Seeing these kids love Jesus Christ with all of their heart, finding out who they are in him and living a life full of purpose. And so if there is a way that we can complement another ministry by backing off on part of ours, that's okay. That's okay from the heart of the national office, from the heart of the district office, from my heart, probably from your local pastor's heart. We would rather you not complete a program but invest in loving kids and at the end of the day them know who Jesus Christ is and, and his will for their life and how to live for him. It is always about growth. It's not about you know competition and, and who can do the better job. Appreciate the strengths and gifts of each leader and each program. So appreciate the strengths and gifts of each leader in each program. And so just some simple suggestions. Um, we all have very different personalities in this room. The leaders in your church have very different personalities and giftings, right? So I'm going to use this as an example. Um, and she says it out loud, so I'm not talking about it behind her back. Our kids' ministry department head 
is amazing with kids. You put her in a room with children and sh there's nobody better, okay? She is laughing and being silly and having a blast with them. You put her in a room full of their parents and I'm like, shut up, okay? Like she will say things and you're like, you don't say that to parents. It's just the truth. She's from New York and she has that personality and can rub somebody the wrong way, but she's tender and compassionate and joyful with kids, right? We have eliminated the need for her to talk to parents. <laughs> and we laugh at that and you think it's silly, but she's relieved. It's not like this is something we talk, again, she knows her weaknesses and that's okay. For me, I am not the most organized person on the planet. My husband is type A, he's systematic, he's got his systems down. I'm like, I got it on a sticky note and it's sitting on my desk with the other 30 and I'm gonna get to it. Like that's just how I operate, all right? That being said, I surround myself with a team that here's your job. And so in your local ministries, find the strengths and weaknesses of you and your team and help each other. So if somebody on the youth ministry team or the ranger team or the kids zone junior team or wherever you're at is really organized and systematic and they're great at communicating, then give them your information. And if you're the hype person and you love to give announcements and you love to just cheerlead the room and be exciting and that would be me like, let me just get in with kids and have fun. then. Can I do that for you? Because I know you really don't like that, but I'd love to come in and do your Wednesday night announcements. It will be a blast. Work together and think, how can we serve one another as opposed to taking it all on ourselves? What would be amazing is if we took that leader who doesn't really have a lot of time, maybe they're home with their kids, but they want to be involved and they don't know what they could do and they're super organized. What would it be like if all of our department heads said, okay, let's utilize this person. This person is going to be the contact person for parents when events come up. Here are the events that we, we have the at-a-glance calendar for the network office. You know what you're going to do in your local church because you've already met with your department heads. So here you go. Here are the events that we're doing. Six weeks before, can you please contact me via email or phone, and I will give you the definite information that you will need. That person now, their only job is to send an email or a Facebook group or however your church connects. Here's all the information you need for this event. You haven't had to do it as a department leader. Your teachers haven't had to think about it. You have one person that you're utilizing in their strengths and their giftings, and it's working for everybody. And then there's no, there's no surprise, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on... I'm going to pick on the network office. I'm sorry if you're hearing this, Pastor John. Um, so we have a new DYD who is amazing, Nate Ortiz. And he has an event a week from today for Ohio youth pastors. And it is a training event for Ohio youth pastors. We are at a training event where Ohio youth pastors were invited this week. Silly, right? I mean, I was in the office Thursday working, and I said, did you know? And he was like, I didn't know what Synergy was. And he's new, so there was no reason for him to know. And so back-to-back -back weekends, and this is what I'm saying, just communication. This isn't, hey, Angel's getting it right, the network office is getting it right, this church is getting it right. No, we all like drop those bombs sometimes. And so eliminating things like that in your local church why in God's green earth would your youth pastor do a series on friendship and then two months later are you doing the same one? That's not needed. They just heard that. So if you're working together and communicating, this is the need, this is the heart, things will go so much better for you. 
Um, just want to caution to steer clear of that guard dog mentality. Um, this, is, this is my girl. She's mine. I teach her. We have a bond. We have a connection. And so when she's going through something, I need to be the one to talk to her. Oh, that's scary, right? First of all, this is God's girl. Second of all, every single one of us in this room, our job is to enforce what is already happening in the home. It is not to be mom or dad. It is not to take that role. It is not to take the place. It is to support and undergird. And how can I serve you, mom? How can I serve you, dad? And that includes those drop-off parents, because I'm telling you, when you have a conversation with a drop-off parent mom who, parents in the room, you know when you mess up, right? You don't need to be told. You lay your head down on your pillow at night, and you go through the scenario of how you wish you would have done something better during the day. Guess what? Unsafe parents do the same thing. And so as leaders, when we don't look at them with judgment and we know the trash that they might be going through and and bringing into their home, hey, I just want to tell you, she's doing such a great job. Is there anything that you're struggling with or is there any area at home that you'd love for us to touch on and connect? And instantly, you've become their hero. Just by conversation, just by working together with a parent, What are you needing? What are some things that you're working on at home? Because if there are units, if there are things we can talk about in the club room, and then that becomes, this is the parent's child. And when the youth pastor and the leaders and the kids ministry pastors and leaders are doing that, there's such a cohesiveness that growth naturally happens, friends. We don't need to worry about whose ministry is growing or if this kid's going to get saved. Now they've got a team of people. It's not, she's mine. She comes to my youth group. She's going to be with me. She's mine. I'm going, to, I'm going to be the one that talks with her. I'm going to, and that's scary because at the end of the day, people move away. And if we're their Jesus, we failed them. They need to know how they can survive without us. That's our job. Our job isn't to protect and our job isn't to be their savior, but our job is to point them to the savior and working together in a system in a way that works for them. Woo! That was scary. (laughs) All right, and on that note, um, but it is, and I think that is something that in in the church it's very easy to struggle with, not because any of us want to be in that place where we're feeling like she's mine, but because we care. We do what we do because we love our kids. We love our teenagers. We love the people that we're ministering to. It's important to us, and they matter to us. But, you know, and I'll use this just because Andrea is sitting there. Um, I, at my former church, it was my home church. I was there for a very long time. By the time I left, um, I had, like, changed babies' diapers in the nursery, and they were my youth group. Like, they were mine, right? I loved them, and I still keep a relationship with them because they weren't just youth group kids to me. But had I ever at any point said these are my kids and discouraged them from getting plugged in with other leaders and going to other people's houses to have fun and not being the only cool one in the group, do you know what I'm saying? When I left, they would have fallen apart. But they thrived and they embraced their new youth pastor and they continued to grow and they continued to serve in the worship team. And that is the importance of it. It's because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And it's important for them to be rooted in their faith and secure in who they are, not in who leads them. Does that make sense? 
Um, serve one another and honor one another. Um, more than just the practical things, serve each other in a way that builds you up in front of other leaders. So I'm just going to pick on these two ladies who, Alyssa and Kay, sitting in the room, because I know that you both teach a same group of kids in your local church. And so neither one has to be the coolest teacher, right? Neither one has to be the better teacher when they're rotating that the kids really want to go to. Neither one has to be the most important one in the room when those kids walk in. Neither one has to try to be the the special one. And I say that, and they teach little kids, but when you start saying, wow, aren't they awesome? The kids naturally think the other teacher is awesome. And you are teaching them to build up and respect other people around them. So not only are you building up your program because now they're excited about other teachers, but you are teaching them and giving them a way that says, this is how you encourage. It shouldn't be, my class is the best class. I can't wait. Like, it breaks my heart when people are afraid to go to another class or leave because we should be so cheerleading that next class or so cheerleading that other leader that they're like, yeah, I can't wait to go because it's the next step if we're working together, right? And so, again, um, serving one another teaches them character. It teaches your kids how they can serve and build up other leaders, and it also prepares them to come in ready and excited and just sure about where they're at because we know it's scary for kids especially the little ones if you're in here and you're representing those little ones it's scary for them to come in and to not know and they're not used to being away from their mommies and and so if we can make that better and if we can cheerlead that you know another just simple practical thing that happened recently i have been in youth ministry for 18 years and just the start of this year in january Um, I had stepped out of our youth ministry, and we had hired in a youth pastor about a year and a half ago, and I had stayed in there as a youth leader, because he also works a full-time job, so I would fill in for him and, like, preach maybe once or twice a month, and maybe a month after I had been, because I could pop in and say hi, because, again, I love these kids. I'm still, you know, pastor at the church, and how you doing? One of the girls said, I just miss you. You're my favorite. And it didn't make me feel good, friends. It broke my heart because I don't want her to feel that way coming into our youth group. We have an amazing pastor. He does a good job. He loves those kids. And I never want her to feel like it's about me. Now, the preface to that is this is a drop-off kid who comes from a very rough life. And my ministry has always been to go and sit next to the kid who looks like they don't have a friend. So I got where she was coming from. Angel's not my safe person sitting next to me anymore. I knew her heart. It wasn't to dishonor the leader. But my initial response wasn't, oh, I know I miss you too. It was, are you kidding me? Steve is so much cooler than I am. You know you're having fun in there. Besides, I'm just a crazy old lady. Like, And it was just silly, and I reacted in a way that she kind of giggled. And I was like, you better go in there and have some fun, and just kind of walked away. Like, I am not going to sulk on that. I'm not going to let her go to that place because she is going to go in that room and be surrounded by other leaders who are just as good, if not better, than I am. And so we have to be careful in how we honor and how we serve if we're going to work together. Um, Remember that you're addressing the same audience. And so what I mean by that beyond the curriculum and beyond the events 
is consistency and how you approach. Um, and again, working together with the other department heads and the other leaders, it wouldn't be such a bad idea to share, how do I word this? I'm not saying share in a gossipy way. We don't need to share everybody's dirty laundry. Um, but Michelle is going through, I'm sorry that you're sitting here. <laughs> Michelle is going through a really tough time. And so I have noticed that whenever we talk about this subject, she tends to close in. And then instantly we know, share that kind of information. When I have noticed that when we talk about parenting and family and right relationships with parents, I've noticed that so-and-so in the room really struggles and I see them shake their leg and I could tell they're thinking about what's going on in their home. Share that because these are the same kids and, and then we're starting to minister in a way that brings health and brings life and we're able to communicate simple little things, ladies and, and gentlemen, just one in the room. Um, but just share information beyond the curriculum, beyond the resources. Um, again, and I, I didn't touch on this before when I talked about sharing the same leaders. I talked about you know organizing and, and with people, but also when you're looking at leaders, this leader loves to go on events. They don't have any kids at home. They love that overnight, fun, exciting. So we're gonna utilize them for kids' ministry and youth ministry, or girls' ministry, and even though they don't help, here is a willing, able body who this is what they love to do. Why does it have to be a kids' person who goes to kids' camp? Why does it have to be a girls-only leader that stays overnight with the girls when they go to Teen Girl Conference? I was so proud in, in our local church. We have a newer, a newer family, and um, the one of the spouse of that family came, and she was so excited. Um, she's got an amazing story. They're, they're just so passionate about the Lord, and they do not serve in youth ministry. They do not serve in our girls' ministry pro program at all. And she came, and she had so much fun. And if you were there, I mean, we had, like, fear factor. Your leader had to eat gross, whatever, and they didn't know what it was, and it ended up being spam, and everybody just wanted to puke. But... <laughs> But she was up there, and she was like, I'm going to represent for my girls in my church. She was amazing, but she had nothing to do with our program. And if we get so tied in, and we forget to share, and we forget to look at what's around, we would have missed that opportunity of this new lady from our church who is amazing, who loves Jesus, who has been in ministry and is newer to the area. She would have missed on that opportunity with those girls. And it wasn't just that hype moment. This is a woman who has a beautiful testimony and a story of what God has done in her life. And so just taking a step back and looking around, how can we share? Who can we use that's outside of the box? Who's not overextended? Because if I'm looking across the room at Andrea, I will say, here's a woman who I know helps run kids ministry, who's teaching every Wednesday night, who homeschools her kids, who is incredibly involved. The last thing she needs to be asked to do is to go take a bunch of kids to an event and leave her husband and her family. Why would we do that? Unless she wants to, that isn't, that isn't something to do. So you look around. She's doing this. Who are some, you're connected with these kids, Andrea. You teach them. You know them. Who do you think would be a good fit? And instantly we're drawing in other people. It's so much helpful, so much more helpful. I am just going to lose this stuff. All right, here we go. All right, utilize teens for kids' ministry. 
And I want to caution that it's very easy to utilize kids to take teens to take over. So utilize teens to help, but not to be the primary leader. Because the last thing we want to do is to pull those teenagers out of their Sunday morning every single week. They still need to be in there. It is important for them to be connected and in with adult worship and learning how to transition to that next phase of life. What I mean by that is there are times where once a month they can serve on a Sunday morning. Or if I'm having a Coins for Kids sleepover, and it's primarily for younger girls, even though it goes through the older, the older kids are not interested, it would be really cool to use the girls from our youth worship team to lead worship for those little kids. Mm -hmm. Because those first through fifth graders don't care if they're any good. But they look at them like, they're rock stars, right? I mean, they could be awful, but they're on the stage with a guitar, and these, they're like, oh, you know, they're just, they're so dreamy and cool and pretty. And, you know, you remember being a kid. You looked at those teenagers like they were the coolest people alive. And so instantly, those kids have buy-in that we will never have on that stage. I mean, like it or not, I, we, we want to be cool. But it's just the point. It's the truth. Those teenage girls are going to hit them at a level, and they're going to have the energy to do motions with them and to be silly with them. And so utilize them. If you come to the girls' ministry retreat in the fall, how many of you guys have been there the last couple of years for the first through fifth graders? Okay, a couple of you. We have been utilizing teenage girls to lead worship. They're great. They're talented. They do a good job. Could we choose a band who works together all the time and who consistently does ministry together that would do a better job? Yeah, we could. There are people who play together and sing together every single week that would do a much better job. But instead, we are using teenagers from different ministries from the state of Ohio, Northeast Ohio, and they get together and well, I know this person plays the keyboard, and this person plays the guitar, and this person can sing, and that person can sing, and they've never sang together because they're from different churches, and now let's blend their voice. Do you see what I'm saying? But utilizing those teenagers in that room, they are on that stage, and they are building a rapport that the reps and I will never have. But if it's just about me, and if it's just about using what I have and in my comfort zone and in my box then we've missed out on a beautiful form of worship that could never happen if we just use who we always use, if we just think my, my ministry, my leader is my mentality. And I am talking a whole lot. So I want to take a moment and just hear from you. What are some things specifically that you might need help with or a church that you... A, a friend has this problem. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know your churches are perfect, but... Is there anything that I can help with specifically? Because I could talk for like three more hours, but I really want to get to the meat of where you guys are at. When you signed up for this, what were you hoping to have help with? Well, I'm not going to be shy. Good. <laughs> Which is unusual if you knew me. Um, two questions I have, actually. Um, sure. In communicating, you know, I know we have the labels. We have the millennials. You're hearing that. Sure. I'm on the top side of the Generation Xers. Mm-hmm. Staying communicating and keeping that communication open between the two when it's very, if you interact with, see them, there's two very different camps. Sure. At least I'm noticing that. Yes. So, yeah. So how do you stay communicated or connected, wrong choice of words, to 
you know, you've got the generation actually with the millennials. Like the other leaders, other leaders from different generations. Yes. Sure. Um, I am always a big fan of approaching somebody. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, and just, again, that give and take. So this might not be personally, if it's me, for instance, I hate business type communication and Facebook Messenger. Um, Facebook is my social life and I am only on it as much as I am because I have to navigate business pages on it. I, I do not want to think work. I get on Facebook so I can mindlessly scroll at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night before bed. I mean, that is where my heart is. However, there are people who they're like, Facebook message me and I have to be willing to get out of my comfort zone. And there are just certain people that I know that's the way I'm going to connect with them. They, they're going to want to plan a meeting through Facebook message. Um, so finding out what works for them and just having that give and take um, and over communicate. Um, and I think just specifically as we're talking about the, the higher side of Xers and the millennials, um, millennials a lot of times are like, sure, and they're a little bit more free-spirited, and they say something and sometimes forget, and, you know, they're just so excited, and they're so passionate, and they're hope, and that's how they're driven, like, here's where we're going, it's so great, it's so great, it's so great, and I think that Xers for generalized are more like, okay, so this is how we got to do it, and this is our bottom line, and we're a little bit more responsibility-driven, and so while the millennials are on board, they sometimes don't know how to get it there. And so having those communications together of, okay, so we've talked about it. All right, when, what is the plan? And asking direct questions to them. Okay, so this is where you want to go with this ministry. Okay, what's the plan? How are we going to get there? And what is my next step before we meet again? What am I going to do? So that way everybody is leaving with the plan and then there's accountability instantly of, all right, so I've talked to you, I know, your, I know your heart, I know your vision, and this is what I am supposed to do before we meet again. Then it, again, kind of brings that in. I don't know if that helped or not. Anybody else? Yeah, sure. Um, so with Girls' Ministry, mm-hmm. it's been nice. Uh, our director decided at a couple of recent events that she would just ask people in the congregation to come and help. Mm-hmm. That's been wonderful because they come and we've got a couple new volunteers that way. Because we have events, it's a little bit easier. But right. with our kids program on Sundays, we don't really do events as much. So sure. I'm like, I can't really use that to get new volunteers. Yeah. We've thought about making some videos to run during services that just mm-hmm. show volunteers working with kids and talking about why they enjoy it. But I'm just wondering, how have you looked for volunteers and what have you found success with? Just you personally and anybody else in the room sure. Wants to share? Yeah. Does anybody else want to share before I before I take that? Yeah. I can share something. We just started doing it at our church, and um, we spotlight a volunteer of the month, and then the church actually um, provides a gift for the volunteer. And recognized. I mean, it's, just, it's super short, like really quick in service, but it's also like, cool. I didn't realize that they were doing that. Or and then it, it not only um, it honors our volunteers, but then it also um, broadens where everybody can see we're going to choose to honor not just girls' ministry or not just kids' ministry, but also the people helping in the parking lot. And so it's setting a culture of honor across the stage. That's good. Anybody else? 
think with that, um, Lance and I love to just target people. So our nature is to be people watchers and just kind of sit back and look around the room and look for the people who are engaging or look for the people who are articulate, um, the people who inquire about more information. Um, oh, they are really organized. How can we use that? Um, we have a lady in our church who sends cards everywhere to everyone. Like, you've missed, you get a card. You're sick, you get a card. It's fancy. You don't even know her, and you get a card. It's like, oh, how did you know that I was even coming? And that's just who she is. So taking somebody like an elderly person who's really shut into their house most of the time, and they're good at that, hey, would you mind sending a card to? And just really being aware and looking around the room at what are their strengths and what are we missing? How can they? And sometimes it's not even what we're missing. Um, I would say this just because I know you. So if you're looking for somebody who is going to teach a classroom and have fun or is super organized, you're both of those things. You know how to work in a classroom and you're very organized. So while normally we would hire to our weakness, right? We would look for somebody who can, needs to do what we are not able to do. Sometimes we need to take a step back and say, they can do what I can do, but I can also do this. And so sometimes it's the leader that needs to shift to accommodate what is provided in the room. And so just looking at it from that aspect too, like I know that I'm organized and I've got this, but if this person could organize it, then it would free me up to fill in a blank that maybe isn't there. Yeah. Do people read their church bulletins? Because I feel like we make those for fun. So. <laughs> And that seems, I just want to speak to that because when this started, you know, four and a half years ago, when, when we came to that church, it was 65 people. Okay, so we're averaging what, it was like 190 something this month was our average. It's not like we're a mega church. To have 24 people serving just in the nursery, that's not including we have the same amount of uh, leadership and our kids and kids' own ministries where they're 
taking turns. I cannot get my words for a moment here. Um, it's not because we have 500 to 1,000 people to choose from. It's genuinely because we're seeing people who have an ability and saying, we don't want to overextend you. But once every other month, once a month could you. And then that makes it more available to people who genuinely want to serve, but they, they don't have time to prepare a lesson every single week. But I can prepare a lesson once a month. Because then that's two hours of preparing a lesson and two hours on a Sunday morning. I can give you four hours a month, but I can't give you four hours every single week. So looking at it from that approach. Any other, any other areas or things that you want to touch on? My chatty group here today. <laughs> when you came in, what was something that you were looking for? Because I'm certain that a generalized statement of helping them helps me isn't going to cover everything that you had hoped. So if there's anything that I can leave you with that maybe you're like, oh, I wish that we would have talked on, I'd be happy to connect real fast on that. No, we good? All right, that's totally fine. We're almost out of time anyway. I, um, I do just want to touch on the fact that if we try to do things alone, and I, I love that it ended the way that it did, because if we try to do things alone, it's going to be a lot more burdensome for us. It's going to be a lot more manpower. And I know, because I'm not one to really like meetings, um, but at the end of the day, if we have a meeting once a quarter or once every six months, it eliminates so much stress from our lives. You know, when I was youth pastoring, because I, and I had shared with you, I'm not the most organized person on the planet. However, I looked organized because I knew that I needed to look ahead at the calendar in one day, and here are going to be days that we will do events on. I might not have all the details for youth convention. I might not have all the details for that laser tag event, but it's going to be on this day. And so I would give... A year out, here are all of the days that we will have an event for the entire year of youth ministry. And again, not because I'm organized, but because I'm disorganized. It took me two hours to coordinate with, this is what girls ministry is doing, this is what I, okay, now I can give this to the parents. You will look like rock stars if you're not doing it on your own. And again, just simple things that help, help make the church function in a much healthier way that maybe makes us look better than we are, you know, that would be me. Um, but just thinking outside of the box that if I'm standing and trying to do it on my own and I'm not utilizing the volunteers around me, I am overloaded and tired and I'm getting burnout really quickly. So just think outside the box and that's it. God bless you.